0: This is the Irish MMA podcast. I'm Mick Bauer, And at the moment, all the news, all the talk is all about the welterweight division, both at home and abroad. So, to talk about that most stacked of divisions, we've got one of the finest UK welterweights joining us, Mr. Matt Inman from SBG. How are you doing, Matt? I'm oh, good, fast. Okay, well, we'll get straight into it. You've just had a bigger fact. Big fight announced for the forthcoming Cage Warriors card in Liverpool in May, so can you tell us a bit about your opponent? Yeah, next fight is going to be on Cage Warriors 68 at
1: the, the Echo Arena in Liverpool. Uh, the opponent's Mauro Chimento Jr. Um, he's, a, he's a Brazilian who, as far as I understand, is now based in the UK. I'm not entirely sure which, uh, which Jimmy's going to admit. Um, he's got a, a big record. I think he's something like... Uh, 15 and 10, maybe. Be wrong, something like that, anyway. Um, but a lot of experience. I mean, we're looking back and we're thinking, I think he had his first fight on shirt like that is in 2001, which is round about the time I was still getting the bus to so He was fighting Valleju in Brazil, so that gives you an idea of uh, what sort of, uh, sort of experience we're working against. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking down his record. I mean, there's a lot of. Things you know from a long time ago, as you say, I recognise a couple of the names on there, but you know, like I say, he's like a real old school, like Brazilian guy, isn't he I mean, how do you feel facing yeah. somebody like that? It's really interesting to be honest. Um, obviously, he's had he's
1: had two recent fights on cage where he's uh, I think it, a decision loss to to Benny who We saw against fight Jack Mills me um, mm-hmm. uh, the other week, and then a submission win against the Portuguese. Portuguese guy, I didn't know much about, but yeah, he's got, he's got this big record. It looks like he's been fighting in Brazil for years and years, so um, it's, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of exciting to be up against that kind of, kind of player.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, on that card as well, I mean, right up the top, there's like a massive welterweight fight Jimmy Waller against Danny Roberts. I mean, what's your thoughts on that matchup?
1: Yeah, that's huge. You know. um, I don't know not really. Um, I, was, I was kind of surprised at the announcement of that fight. Um, I think, to be fair, I think that's probably more a fight I, I think worthy of the title and possibly the, the fight that's going this weekend. I'd, I presume the winner of that fight will fight the winner of the, the title fight this weekend. And I think whether that's, that's Jimmy or Danny, I think uh, both, both will be you know, the be new belt holder far too on the fight itself, I'm kind of thinking Danny Roberts, it's a difficult one to call that, I think, I think Danny might
0: have the tools to do it, I think uh, he might be a slightly hungrier fighter as well. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, in a way it's a kind of odd fight, because they're bringing Jimmy back, who is, you know, he was the face of Cage Warriors almost, for years, you know, in the older days. And, like, he's coming back, and I thought that, you know, because he's had the exposure on Channel 5 with Bammer and stuff, that they may be having headlining against somebody and then getting more in the mix. But instead, they're putting him in a tough fight with Danny, which, you know, he could conceivably get beaten. For Danny, I don't think it'd be too bad a thing, you know what I mean? Obviously, a loss is never a good thing. But, you know, losing to Jimmy... Is going to be the underdog, but if he does lose, he can bounce back. Whereas if he wins in Liverpool in that arena, it's really going to like knock his career, like you know, out of the park, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: Yeah. I think it's a win win. In like you say, uh, he's uh, he's
1: either way, he puts strong form. He's looking, and um, I think with the Jimmy thing, it's, it's going to be a similar kind of case to when we saw. Um, Mills come back in, you know. Shane came out of the UFC, back in, and, uh, and he went up against Carl and he, he stopped there, and um, he's not, you know, he's not really looked the same fire he was, you know, before the UFC since then. So I think it'll be interesting to see if, um, obviously, Jimmy in his last fight, he's looked really sharp, but um, I think this is against again, Danny's a, you know, really solid opponent, so it'll be a, it's a test for him coming back as his first one.
0: Yeah, I mean when when Jimmy comes back, it's like I said, you know, I I've, I've probably seen him fight more than any other fighter alive because he used to be like a stalwart every cage, Warriors card. Well, but that's right... that fact, isn't it? he was the,
1: the what, he's one of the most uh, he's ever most cage warriors fight. Yeah,
0: it's so...
1: it's kind of strange because it, it seems like he's not fought on cage warriors in ages, mm-hmm. but he's still uh, he's still got more cage warriors appearances than anyone.
0: Yeah, because you know, like in the olden days, it was like him. Daly and Hardy together and whenever you yeah. talk to any of them you know like whether you t- especially Dan Hardy he always used to say we're all kind of the same level you know we all in the gym we match up against each other and it was always this feeling that Paul had gone on Dan had gone on obviously like challenge for a title in the UFC Paul Daly were a big star with the UFC had his problems Big starting yeah. in Strike Force, and they're all this feeling that Jimmy's time's just about to come, and it never quite yeah. happened.
1: No, it's, it's never quite material, I think. It's strange, shame, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but, is there a reason you never signed
0: with USC? Well, there were always bad luck stories, you know, because it was always thought of that when he fought Shane Mills on the knuckle up. I have trouble yeah, yeah, so many yeah, yeah. promotions. That that were kinda of like a final eliminator and whoever won were gonna like go to the yeah, UFC. Yeah. And yeah. He, he won that and it didn't quite happen. It was yeah, supposed to be gonna it Yeah, it was supposed to be gonna Japan years ago. He won a tournament in, in Holland, like too hot to handle road to Japan or something. And he won that and he was supposed to go to a big promotion in Japan and he didn't. And then when he finally got the break with Bellator, there were the ash cloud volcano that stopped him going. And then, oh, he, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he just got a really bad matchup against, like, Rick Orn, you know, just neutralised everything he was doing. So, yeah. you know, it didn't work out. But he's still, obviously still a top-level guy. So, you know... Yeah. Poss- but, possibly but the best
1: the best UK, UK fighter, fighter to fight in, in the university.
0: University. I'd agree with that, yeah. And, but for me, you know, like, looking at... As a fan stroke, you know, journalist... For me, I look at Jimmy coming I think this is fantastic fighting Danny Roberts you know all the other matchups are there's obviously you know Jack Mason Benny Alloway, Jake Boswick down the line people like that yourself obviously yeah I mean look me looking at it, I think this is fantastic is there a part of you that looks here and just thinks like you know shit I wish they'd stop signing these people you know? <laughs> I think there's a little bit of that. I think even when I was signing back when I signed originally a couple of years
1: back, I was just looking at the division and thinking, Jesus, you know, every, there's no uh, there's no in mid division. I mean, it just seems like every every week or something they're signing someone, you know, someone else who's a, you know, a phenomenal fight. But those, uh, yeah, I think if you're not if you're not looking at fight the best people out there, then, then why are you winning? You know, you got you got shy away from these fights. You just gotta if, if, if you come along, you
0: gotta do them. I mean, so, something that you just kind of alluded to a bit earlier. There's the welterweight title fight going down in Copenhagen this Saturday night, which is uh, Nicholas Dolby against Sergei Churilov. Right? Yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Were, yeah. were well, you? I'm just, sorry, you remember
1: the name of the Ukrainian?
0: <laughs> I've got it written down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh,
0: I mean, like you said, you said you were a little surprised that this uh, became the title fight. You know. Who would I mean? Obviously, you don't always get what you deserve in this game, as we were just talking about Jimmy Wallhead. Who would you think would be the most likely title fight?
1: Most um, I,
0: I, I was thinking. I, um, I thought maybe
1: look to to Gail Nomar. I thought maybe because because of how close his last title fight was, and then what he he came back, and obviously what he did to to cover I thought he might be in with it, and uh, I think maybe Danny Roberts has done enough now. Um, I think he's, he's positioned himself on that winning streak, but also he has to win against uh, the win against Mason, which I think puts him puts him up to that next level. So I thought maybe something like that, maybe maybe Be More and a Roberts. But, like, it seems to make sense what they've done now. I think um, they've obviously got the belt going up uh, between the Danish guy and the the Ukrainian tweak, and and then there's the fight in, in May. Which I, I presume you've got, you've got to treat Jimmy and Danny as a, a title, isn't it, really, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the fight there, and then, then I guess the, the fight goes from however oh, well, and there'll be, be another title fight in between, I mean, I'm not sure, but we'll see. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like
0: you say, I, I thought Danny would be really in with a shout or a title shot, but then I thought yeah. that after like London, when I interviewed him after, he were very down on his performance and he didn't you know, he, all, he were against a good guy and he won pretty yeah. convincingly but he weren't happy, he didn't felt he'd entertained, he didn't really feel right in there and I thought he'd maybe said maybe been offered it and maybe took a step back and thought I want to get another fight in but then when I see he's like fighting Jimmy, you know he's, he's certainly yeah. not ducking anybody he's certainly like <laughs> ready to get in there with anybody
1: Yeah um, Yeah, that's I mean, I think his last two fights, he's kind of, he's grinded out a bit. Am I, right, I think his last two have been, um, there was a fight when I fought in London, and then the fight before that was the last time in Liverpool, was it? Or has a been one in between that? I couldn't um,
0: tell you off the top of your head. It sounds right to me, but I couldn't tell you off the top yeah,
1: of the head. Yeah, because I remember in Cardiff it was, because right, we all seen him fight in the same Cardiff, in Cardiff he, he was... Really strong against uh, Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he, he, had a, he had a tricky fight in Liverpool. It was a really good fight wasn't he? against um, uh, the lad from Ireland. Yeah. Um, and then another tricky fight in, uh, in London. Um, so, you know, but he's, he's getting wins and he's, he's been an exciting fight. So, so, definitely. But then, like you said, you know, that, that fight with Jimmy, for me, that, at the minute, that, that feels like the real the real title fight. I mean, but,
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, the actual fight that they're having for the title. I mean, Nicholas Dolby, I assume is the favoured uh, candidate to win. Sin as uh cage warriors have made a fifteen minute documentary about him with beautiful mood music and everything. It's up on our website now. You know, I recommend yeah. anyone, everyone watch I'm not, it. I'm not, I'm, not I'm not watched it yet, it but I'll definitely have uh, a look at that
1: soon. I saw it today, and, uh, yeah, I'm gonna check that. Yeah, so he uh, yeah, looks. He looks, he looks good. Was he eleven 0 eleven um, with some some decent wins? I, I think the thing that's that's bothering me is that like, you can never really tell an undefeated guy because you, know, you never know how good they can actually be because they've never lost. The, but I think I don't think he's fought. I think he's fought at the level of the fight is about to have. But I think he's capable of winning the title fight. But then uh, against some of the bigger fishing in the division, uh, in the division pardon, like uh yeah, yeah, Jimmy's now you yeah, Danny Roberts, you yeah, gail Grimart and those kind of guys, and, you know, is, is he really up to fight at that level? And I think that'll be the be interesting thing to, to see after this fight if he does if he does come through with the belt, will he be able to hold on to it?
0: Yeah. I mean having said that, I mean this guy, Sergei Chirilov, I've only it's a really Bad thing, you know, when you've really only seen somebody fight once and you sort of base everything on that one performance. Yeah, um, I'm and, sure. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember his fight. Uh, we fought on the Cage Warriors Ukraine card, and he caught somebody in like an Achilles lock and really crunched it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's, he's yeah. a teammate of Pavel Kosh, who's obviously used yeah. to yeah. mangling people's legs up. So in my mind, he's a leg lock guy but his record doesn't really speak to that. So I'm just thinking if Dolby sleeps on him or if he isn't perhaps what his 11-0 record says he is, then he might be walking out with a walking stick rather than with a belt.
1: Well, it's very possible. I mean, like you said, I think even this fight in itself might might be a step up in competition for him. So we'll find out very quickly how good he is.
0: Yeah, because on the, on the podcast last week I was talking to uh, Ryan O'Leary from MMA Viking, and he he sort of thought it were a little bit odd that, you know, he thought it were a good idea getting Dolby a title fight, and uh, he's a good guy. Apparently, you know, he's well, I've heard him speak. He speaks fantastic English. He's really eloquent. He's a bit of a tech geek and everything. You know, he's like a really marketable guy but he were wondering whether a fight against Sergei Trulov is the kind of thing that put him over with MMA fans, whereas if he were fighting one of the British guys who's better known on Cage Warriors, and he were to beat them, it might put him over more and do more for his profile. Yeah. Um well,
1: I, well,
0: I guess I, I think
1: that's the thing. thing. He'd, he'd, he's going... I presume, I presume he's going to one. favourite anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess then you, you've got those, those fights coming up against the, the UK names. Um, but to be honest, I, I don't think it'll be too long before uh, before a UK guy or uh, what was an Irish guy last, But, you know, a UK and Irish guy has, has a bell back.
0: Yeah. So you've been like uh, very uh, even-handed and very, I, I won't say modest, but just like, you know, very... Uh... Sort of thinking and measured with this, but how how far is uh, Matt Inman off a title fight? Do you think?
1: Um, well, I, I was always saying it'd never be a title shot for me at all because when Carl and the Bell obviously he was he's he's part of the same team, SPG, But now obviously that's changed, so I've actually got to start considering this. But I think I put uh, well, a so I put a good decent enough win run together. Now I think. The loss to Mason, I think, sets me back a step, but I've, I've done all right things since then. I think I need to, I definitely need to beat Gimeno, obviously. Um, the man I need to fight, about maybe, maybe two more fights after Jimeno, but I think you need you need to hit one of those, you know, big, big kind of gateway fights. Someone like uh, Gail Grimaud or someone like that. And I don't know why I keep using him as an example, but, yeah. you know, like... A guy who's, who's practically in title con- contention. You need, you need to be him. I can't see that I'm going to put myself up there just, just a winning over the chin. It's as difficult fight as that is. But that's, as you say, that's the nature of the, the game. Where well, you're we'll picture of it, it. You know, there's no, uh, there's no easy, easy route to that belt.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I were in uh, like Dublin last time out, and Benny Allaway like sort of outpointed Jack Mason. And afterwards, that guy's so focused on getting a title shot. You know, he's and he's just every, every time you congratulate, like, yeah, there like, yeah, yeah, you go. That's, that's another
1: name in there straight away with a you know a winner Mason who was on a, a bit of a streak himself, and he's he's just throwing himself in contention as well, isn't he?
0: Yeah, you know, but he's so you know he would not take any congratulations. He's just like you know I should be knocking guys like that out. I need that title shot. You know, he's just like purely focused. It's like burning in him, sir. So, I can see him, like, demanding a title shot, you know, and he's it, he's so fired up, and the way he, like, sort of, uh, Jack, Jack Mason has got such a great record of grinding things out against people and making them fight his fight, and he sort yeah. of hung in there and stuck around and did that and then managed to get some of his own shots off and everything, and I, I was really yeah. impressed, especially seeing as he, like, just literally flown in from Australia and then had to cut weight, you know, it was just tremendous yeah. that he did three rounds like that. Yeah, it was a, I think it was a
1: decent performance, Jack's, obviously, Jack's really difficult to beat, like you uh, uh, he he does, say, he does his thing, he, does it, he does, uh, does it to everyone, you can't know what you're going to do, but it's just how you deal with his, his sort of persistence and his, his physical strength, but you've got to uh, you gotta use those opportunities midway through to scoring, which I think uh, uh, Benny did did quite well. Um, so yeah, it was a decent performance from him but I think he's, he'd be um he'd be overrating his own abilities a bit to be saying, but he should be knocking out guys like that. I don't think he's I don't think he's that that sort of level, but he's definitely up there. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that that's like the Cage Warriors title fight which goes down in Copenhagen at the I don't know if it's baller up or baller up arena on Saturday night. Yeah, I wonder how it's pronounced. I,
1: pronounce it. It. I, I, I like
0: it. sound the like baller up. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. <Baller laughs> I, I prefer saying baller up, but baller up's got a lot more comedy potential. So I think I think yeah. we'll go with that. The baller up arena. the baller up baller arena. Up. Baller so, up arena. <laughs> <laughs> so, just like leaving Cage Warriors to one side for a bit and like looking up the pyramid a bit. Obviously, it were the first. Welterweight, I'm going to say the first Welterweight title fight we had at GSP for a long time, but there yeah, were that interim yeah, title fight, weren't there, in the past? Oh, yeah, yeah past, so, yeah. So, but in the first real Welterweight title fight we had at GSP, like Laura the Hendricks, what did you make of it?
1: Good fight. Um, really enjoyed watching it. Um, I can't complain with the decision. The same before, I think it was the first two rounds, clear cut for... Uh, Hendricks the second to click up for Lawler and then Hendricks dug deep and he, he did enough to get that last round so the decision was right for me and I, I found it a really entertaining fight I was to be fair I was kind of rooting for Robbie Lawler to win it a bit just because of the amount of time he's been around and, and how cool a story would that be from from the point where he almost looked like not relevant anymore come back and win, win the UFC championship he didn't quite play off but, but I, I quite like um, John Hendricks as well so yeah Good fight. Yeah, I, I thought
0: it was a good fight. I mean, I, I've seen today, I don't know if it's true or not, because you can't believe everything you read on internet, but I've seen that it's apparently like the most significant strikes in any UFC fight ever. You know, and they yeah, were yeah. certainly like putting it on each other. You know, I, I were a bit surprised. I thought Hendricks, he impressed me a lot more than he has in the past. You know, his combinations were a lot cleaner. It weren't just that big, like, agricultural overhand, like, Yeah, left, did, you know. did
1: he did seem to be doing a bit more, didn't he? I think we were saying before he was going into the fight, it's probably that if you'd told someone five years ago that Robbie Lawler was going to go into a fight, as the a less powerful, powerful, <laughs> but more technical striker, you'd have sure. kind of shut up. Uh, yeah, it sort of materialised out that way. A bit, didn't it? But I think, yeah, Hendricks, he's going to improve, isn't he? Because, I mean, it's he's, he's crazy to think how long he's not been in the sport, really. But, um, he just, just transferring over from his wrestling background, obviously, and he, he was. He, I was kind of um, a while ago as well. I was, I was quite interested in John Smith's wrestling program at um, Oklahoma State University, and I was reading books about it and stuff like that. And Johnny Hendricks was in that then, so then he's made this big, this big transfer over to, to UFC champion now, kind of, uh, kind of worth.
0: Yeah, I mean, the one thing though is he doesn't seem to want to use his wrestling that much. He's sort of. Uh yeah you know, right at the back end of the fight he went for the, he thought he'd done enough from from what I could see he'd done enough to win that round and then thought I'll just put Robbie on his back against the fence and we'll like weigh yeah. it out, but he waited a long long time to do that, and the thing he were doing beforehand, which like I loved where at the end of the first you could hear like Mark Le Mans said to him like uh we need to go Diaz zoromskis get him against the fence and like you know sort of knee, knee that right leg. And everything. Yeah, and he, yeah. he started doing it like exactly like Nick Diaz did to zarovskis right at the like They yeah, were, yeah. were kicking his right leg a lot, but then right at the in the fifth round he were getting him up against the fence and like kneeing it to like stop him getting yeah, it in the yeah it was,
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Which 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 brings brings me to like we've been talking about people who deserve title shots, people who don't deserve title shots. And it's not always the best person who gets the shot. It's sometimes like the person who shouts the loudest or obviously sells the most tickets. It's a business. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Nick Diaz lover, you know, like, sort of uh, the highlight of my weekend, were are in Johnny Hendricks at the way in and stuff, you know, and yeah, I like, that,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> just doing all that business. I mean, for me, I think I'd love to see Nick in there and Nate and the boys all whooping it up, you know, and like starting problems at the weighing in and everything and all that. Does Nick Diaz deserve to be in any picture whatsoever for the welterweight belt? Well, if it were up to me,
1: I'd give Nick Diaz unlimited title shots as many times as he wants. Over and over again, just because I think he's he's probably my favourite fighter, and he, he's the one who kind of even like even just aside from all, because I, I don't really go in for all the you know all the what he says and what he does and stuff like that, but just I just love watching him fight. I think I'll always say that he uh, yeah, is probably my if if someone's going to ask me to show them an MMA fight, it's you MMA, I'll show them that fight, and it's just he it, he sort of uh, his fighting style just just says everything about MMA to me. I just love watching him fight. So. Yeah, if it was up to me, give him the title shot now. But uh, realistically, I don't, I don't think you can just give him another title shot without him having for anyone else. But uh, I think, you know what would be a really good fight that I'd, I'd like to see? that would be pretty much my two favourite fighters fighting each other. That would be Matt Brown and Nick Diaz. Oh, Matt. Maybe do that as an eliminator or something and then and put one of them in.
0: I was sure you were going to go for like the rematch of Diaz Lola. Yeah, possibly. That'd, That'd be interesting, interesting as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's another
1: interesting, little interesting little one, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe that.
0: Because I, I don't really see... Where, you know, Robbie Lawler, done fantastic to get a title shot and everything, but I don't really see you matching him up with the likes of, you know, Rory McDonald and Ellenberger or something and sticking around for another shot. Whereas I can see yeah. him getting in with Nick Diaz and him like, raking up all the garbage from like, 10 years ago when they fought or however long ago it is and just sort of reigniting all that and then you could, because Robbie Lawler done so fantastically well in his title shot, if Nick Diaz beat him, which I think he's got the game to do, then you could legitimately put him in a title shot against Johnny Hendricks Yeah Yeah, um, yeah. like you say
1: it's, it's really
0: interesting fight and it it's
1: so well obviously yeah. all the um, I All mean, like the other stuff. I think my main thing, thing of kind of throwing logs in shit, you know, despite how close of the back was it, just I don't really like those kind of revolving dog rematches, you know if you lose a fight, you lose a fight, you should go away and do do a few more and then come back and then which change was the same, same thing about the like, guys yeah, now we did just with he lost the title fighting his last fight, didn't he? But um, Yes, yeah, it, this is, it, you'd think,
0: think it'd be a good job, job being a matcher, matcher don't you, it, but Joe Silva probably sits on these, these things, things do doing it every night. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm I'm all the almost to us, Nick Diaz. I once, uh, I had to interview, I say I had to interview him like it were a chore. I got an interview with Nick Diaz for Fighters Only, when he were coming back after he'd been banned after the Gomi fight, when he tested positive for weed. And uh, it, I had to go through his agent and he, uh, or whoever his manager were, or whatever, and they just sort of emailed me a phone number and says that's his own phone number. Just phone him up, and I says, will he be expecting me? And he goes, no, it'll be all right then. It'll be all right. Just phone him up. So I phoned up this <laughs> this number. I'd never met Nick Diaz. He weren't expecting me to phone him up or anything. He were, he were about two weeks out from fighting K.G.A. Nooms. and he just like answers phone and grunts down the phone. I goes, all right, I'm, my name's Mick. I'm. Uh, from a magazine in England, can I, like, interview you? And he says, oh, I'm just going to have a shower, phone me back in 15 minutes. And I phoned him back, and he talked to me for, like, three hours. I went through, like, all these different tapes, and he was just, like, the best interview ever, you know what I mean? And he had no edge, you know, he just wanted to, like, get his ideas, talk about fighting, talk about, you know, what he liked to do, what he were into. And, you know, he's a lot smarter than people make him out to be and everything. And he's just a really kind of interesting and just really generous guy. And that sort of gets thrown away in this, like, kind of media conception of him as this, like, complete idiot who just wants to be in trouble and that all the time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think
1: he's it's, it's probably mm-hmm. the next most hated person in terms of MMA. But, uh, but, like, he's just one of those most most ways. Way. I've spoken to people who've, who've met him, like yourself obviously, or people who've trained with him, and stuff like that. And they just said he's just like anyone else. You know, he's just a normal guy, really good, very good fighter, um, cool guy. But then he's just he, when he gets in front of the camera, and then he, he plays up for a bit and they do whatever that sells fights on it. So, so yeah.
0: I mean, did you see out the other guys who were on the main card? Who obviously Condé is going to be out for a while. But do you, see, do you see sort of Tyrone Woodley or Hector Lombard, do you realistically see them challenging for anything in the near future? Yeah, maybe
1: maybe Woodley with that that win. Um Hector Lombard I think he's he needs another fight where he looks he looks stronger across the distance. Uh maybe I think he's he's kind of guy he starts strong, not he? But he might he might get ground down but but then that's
0: the thing again. There's, there's so many names potentially you could put in there. But, um, who knows? We'll, we'll get the, the next title shot. Yeah, I mean, one thing, Obviously, you've got. Uh, oh, that's my note to self. As I must stop using "obviously" in every question I ever ask. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, uh, you're so uh, affiliated with SBG, which is affiliated with Dublin, which is affiliated with Gunnar Nelson. So uh, from your Inside a take, how far is Gunnar Nelson from being a? Because it's sort of this enigma, and we see him do yeah. these amazing things. But you know, how far away is he from being the proper top ten guy, proper top five guy, proper title challenger material? Well, if, the, the, the thing, thing we, with we were going with was, was um,
1: if you speak, you ask most people that. I would say, kind of before, before you. you- UFC years ago I was saying what you want to do is go to the bookies now and put some money on him being UFC champion because he will be and that's, that's how confident I am and you know he's state of the gun he's probably he's without a doubt the best you know the best person I've ever trained with by a long way and, um, and kind of you see that mentally when he fights and stuff and what he did in his last fight um, I, I have no doubt whatsoever that he, he will be the UFC champion um, in terms of where he is now I think he obviously needs to fight a, a kind of a, a rank guy, a top-ten guy, and then maybe a title shot. But, but Dana White was tweeting about how awesome he was and stuff after his last fight, wasn't he? So, yeah. maybe another two, three fights, something like that. But, um, yeah, I I, don't have, I I really, really do... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain you will be UFC champion.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like you said, that, like Dana White were tweeting about and all that. But I were in the press conference like afterwards, and it was just... You just the way Dana White looks at him, it's like you know, looking at his favourite son. You know, he beams when he talks about him, and he's, he just can't praise him enough. And just makes jokes about him, you know. And like when he said he would give him a bonus, you know, he were obviously like really mad up about it. And he's, he obviously sees what you see in him, you know, that this guy is gonna. I mean, he is obviously special right now, but he obviously sees that down the line, this guy could be something else because when, when not only is he a great fighter but when he's it's, it's just got this charisma about him you know and he at the press conference there's people doing these like long answers and you know intelligent breakdowns of their fight and then Gunny just does these sort of two-word answers and everyone just creases up and everyone thinks it's the best thing in the world, you know, and he and where he just sort of like deadpans everything and then just does a little smirk to show that he's kind of in on it as well. You know, he, he's got yeah. something that you just can't buy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean I've trained with him
0: not, not so much recently.
1: He's been doing most of his training in Iceland, Island, but he used to do a fair bit of time in Manchester. And um, I remember when when I first came to OSBG, he was there, and he was he was he was maybe a maybe a purple belt back then. He had a couple of pro MMA fights, but you know everyone knew he was he was kind of a bit a bit special the way he picked things up and stuff like that. And gone got in, and and he beat me up and stuff like that. Anyway, but this was probably this was before I had my first pro fight, and then then he kind of gone away. For a, I for think for about a year and he'd come back and I think i had like five or six pro fights by then and I was you know, my confidence was right up and I was feeling good about everything. and I, and I thought, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this kid this time. Everyone thinks he's he's about special and that and the first time I went in the spa with him, he did one of those kind of you know, the entries off the punch like he did on thingy and he tripped me he tripped me at the same time as he did it. And and honestly, you know you remember seeing him only full snorcy where Delboy falls through the bar. That's what I, like. He took me down so fast that that's what it was like. But as I went down, with, like where we were in the gym was like uh, it was a padded room in the old gym, and I'd gone down so fast, Del Boy style, and I'd like cracked my head on the corner of the wall where i felt fell like that, and just spent the rest of the round on the bottom, out, getting absolutely leathered by by someone with just far far superior technique. You know, I was I was probably a purple belt back, 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 back then, and he, he just makes you feel like a white belt. He's just uh, he's just a phenomenal fighter. He's really something special.
0: Yeah. So I, I think we've we've probably rounded everything up now so we're, we're thinking Dolby wins the cage warriors title then he probably yeah. if he, he probably fights Danny Roberts and then it's like a sort of you in a couple of fights is going to win the belt yeah and then down and then with the UFC it's going to be like Hendricks v somebody then V Diaz and then a couple of fights down the line it's going to be Gunny Nelson UFC yeah,
1: champion yeah gonna will be the next GSP in a, okay. a
0: long title so yeah we've we'll so not yeah, we, we 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 up that. Yeah. yeah well that's what I thought we started off with all this confusion about the welterweights when really it's worked out pretty simply in the end so we've solved that puzzle so thanks very much to the, the wisdom and fighter's insight of Matt and cheers mate no problem fast mate <laughs>